And welcome to episode three of the All About 18 Celtics Direct podcast. I'm Matt Poirier. And I'm Trevor Paranello. And today we're going to review Celtics' big trades in the draft, as well as what is in the future for the Celtics. Trevor, what do you think of the uh, Markel Fultz trade to start? Well, at first I really didn't like the trade, and I still kind of don't like it, but after a little bit of like a cooling down period, I've sort of come to realize that there's nothing you can really do in that if Danny Ainge really liked Jason Tatum over Markel Fultz, then getting an extra pick isn't so bad. But I just I kind of disagree with him liking Tatum over Fultz. Yeah, it's really interesting because you weren't the only one. You know, he seemed to be the consensus number one pick, but that's Danny for you. Always has to go against the grain and you know, it could pay off or it could be a complete disaster. Only time will tell. Um, but, you know, we are given what we're given um, in terms of results, and that's going to be Jason Tatum and whatever comes out of the extra pick, whether they trade it or they use it in 2018 or 2019. But, um, yeah, so that's what it is. And to move on from that, um, you know, what, what are your thoughts on Jason Tatum? See, like, I don't hate Jason Tatum, even though I'm a UNC fan. I don't really hate him at all. And, like, I don't, like, hate the pick, but I would have picked two other people there before him. I would have taken Jackson or Isaac because, at worst, Jackson and Isaac will be pretty good defenders, and Isaac could be a 3 and D guy at worst. But with Tatum, I think his only real strength is scoring, or at least that's what it was in college. And I don't know if that's it's going to translate well to the NBA because in college he was matched up against a lot of college fours because in Duke he used to go in like sort of a small ball lineup where he would play the four. But in college he would be matched up against smaller guys at the four. So he would be just as big and quicker than those fours, whereas in the NBA he's going to be maybe not as big or just as big, but like they'll still have a pretty good athleticism factor and they won't be as slow as the guys in college. So. I want to see how scoring translates to the NBA. Yeah, I mean, Isaac was one of those people that, you know, some were going to say, well, Danny could take him because that would be a Danny kind of pick to go really off the board. Uh, I just think he's too raw right now. doesn't mean he's not going to be good. Could end up being a, you know, top player out of this draft. But I think where the Celtics are right now, and they are trying to improve quicker than just waiting around, I, I don't think Isaac was ever going to be the pick. Um, and as it turned out, Ainge has said, no, it would have been Tatum. You know, he didn't say it directly, but it is what it is. Um, and then in terms of Jackson, to be honest, I just are any sick of Josh Jackson. I can't even stand the guy already. Not because, oh, boo-hoo, he didn't want to come to Celtics. I could give two craps if he doesn't want to come to Celtics. But, I mean, you blow out a workout. I understand they had the number one pick, and I know they did at the time, but after that, I mean, there was a real chance he could have – came to the Celtics, and he said, no, I'm going to have to pass. Um, there was some rumor out there that Ryan McDonough of the Phoenix Suns, who also worked with Ainge in the past, had kind of pushed Josh Jackson to cancel the workout so they could get him. Whether that's true or not, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but I I liked Tatum pick just because the last two picks, Marcus Smart and Jalen, you know, they're very good defensively. They're athletic. They're strong at their position. But, you know, I want to, I want an offensive-minded player. Now, whether his offense will translate, I think it will. I think he can move move with the ball. And even if he's 
going against bigger guys, you know, he's not going to be the primary focus of the offense at all over the next year or two at least. Yeah, and but I think with that, he could he could draw a better matchup almost every night than a lot of the guys. Yeah, but uh, at the three pick, you kind of don't just want like a guy like at worst he'll be a spot up shooter, but at the three pick, you don't just want a guy who at worst will be a rotational player that'll come in just to knock down shots. You need someone that's going to be like uh, sort of like volume score, like 20 point score, because if he had other things to fall back on, like if he was like a, a pretty good defender and rebounder and passer, then yeah, like him just scoring like 15 to 20 points wouldn't be, it wouldn't be that bad. But if he doesn't have those things to fall back on, like Jackson and Isaac do. So you kind of need him to be a pretty good scorer for this pick to be worth it. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could argue it both ways. If, you know, Jackson's getting exposed or, you know, Jackson's not even on the team, so more, you know, Jalen or Smart get exposed. You know, Smart, we haven't really got ex- seen get exposed that much. Um, you know, Jalen did the first year a little bit. And unfortunately for Jalen, there's not too much offense behind him that he can back that up. Well, that's, that's debatable. Well, I mean, look, he averaged six points last last year. I know he didn't play that much, but six points, six points. Yeah, but and, when he started, he actually was putting up decent numbers. Right, which isn't surprising because he had better guys around him, and I think that's what's going to end up happening with Tatum. I think he's going to be – he's never going to be the primary option right now, maybe down the road, but he's going to be the third or fourth option in every lineup this year, probably next or even the next three years. And I think with that, he's going to gain experience. He's going to get better. Defense he has to improve on. He said it himself. And, I mean, I'm willing to see what it is. I'd rather have an offensive-minded player. Another big thing, you know, when you just compare Jackson and Tatum is the free-throw shooting. I know that can improve. Smart has improved. Jalen improved a little bit. But, I mean, he's already 85%. And to me, that's, that's big. If you want a guy that can play at the end of the game, he's got to be able to make free throws. Yeah, I mean, at worst, he should be – a shooter from like just a spot up shooter from three and he can make free throws too. But I am still really worried about his defense along with his offense translating because his defense is not that good. Like people would try to try to like support him and say, Oh, it's not that bad, but it, it really isn't that good. So it needs to improve if he really is going to play these small ball lineups because you need to be able to rotate better defensively than he did at Duke. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and we will have to see how it plays out. Now, honestly, the the biggest story coming out of draft night um, was taken over by Wojnarowski, of course, from the vertical uh, when he had pretty much, it almost sounded like, you know, the Pacers and the Celtics had almost agreed to a deal the way he was talking, pretty seriously engaged, and I know that's only serious talks, but I'm sorry when Wojnarowski tweets it, that puts a little more emphasis on it. Um, but then he kind of quickly backed off, you know, however the reports were, I'm I'm still curious about that. But either way, the main focus was Celtics and Pacers were talking in regards to Paul George. Everyone flipped out and said, oh, my God, what is Danny doing for a rental? Are you kidding me? This is not what we should do. And it's like, whoa, let's, let's pump the brakes. Let's, A, see if they get them, which they haven't yet, and I still don't know if they will. And, B, let's see what the return is. What if it's Memphis and the Clippers pick and Crowder? Is anyone going to complain? No. So let's all relax. Everyone thinks, oh, he's trading away seven picks and two of them are the Nets picks. It's like, whoa, yeah. let's, let's relax here. Yeah, I was never really too caught up in that trade on draft night just because, I mean, I don't 
discredit Woj, but I didn't think it was going to happen because no one really is that accurate with Celtic stuff. I was amazed when everyone got the Fultz trade right, but I don't know. I guess I just I don't really get caught up in that many Celtics trades besides like the Porzingis trade, which was out of nowhere, and I thought that might have got done. But the Paul George trade, I didn't really get caught up in. I don't have to give up that much to get him. I don't even hate it if it's just a rental. And but if we do have to give up a ton for him, then I don't want to give up all that just for him to go to our rival in the years. And the report recently from Adam Kaufman that said that then we have an extension in place with Paul George. That would be cool in theory. I just I, I don't know how valid that report is. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Um, you know, I mean Adam Kaufman's around the radio uh, world and I know sometimes you pick up things but I don't know I mean I it's I'm sorry and it's no no offense to Adam Kaufman I'm sure he's heard some things and you know there was a report tonight that kind of validated a little bit of what he was saying um, when it came to Mark Stein I don't know if you have read the report yet um, you know but the Cavs in Denver were discussing a three-way trade that would send love to Denver and Paul to the Cavs as well as uh Kenneth Fareed in one version of the trade. Um, you know, so that was intriguing. And then Stein continued that the Lakers, Rockets, Celtics, and the Spurs were among the teams uh, to pursue George aggressively in, you know, by the draft. Um, but, of course, nothing with any team went through. Um, so that's certainly interesting. And then he continued, which is kind of what Adam Kaufman had said, and I'm trying to find it. Um, okay, he said, although no trade for George came to fruition last week, sources say that both the Rockets and Lakers remain determined to keep pushing for their George deals. And then, as again, this is what Adam Coughlin kind of said, uh, it's widely believed the Celtics, meanwhile, want to sign a marquee free agent this summer, such as Utah's Gordon Hayward, and trade for George then. So, I don't know. Maybe Adam's on something. Maybe he's not. Maybe heard a part of something. I have no idea. You, you know, you believe who you want to believe or not. So, I mean, obviously, until any player gets traded, he's going to be on the table. And George is going to get traded. I think everyone's in agreement. Guaranteed he is going somewhere. Yeah, he should get traded. And part of the reason why I find some of the, like, extension talks with him for, like, with the Celtics, like, kind of, kind of crazy is because ever since – he's been in the league, he's sort of said he wants to be a Laker, and he's never really backed down from that, especially recently where, like, the report came in that his agent said, oh, Paul George is hitting free agency in 2018, and he's going to sign with the Lakers. So I find the extension talks a little a little weird because of that report, and I just don't see – I don't see him signing an extension with us because we haven't shown that we can compete with Cleveland, and we haven't shown – that we can compete with the Warriors in a seven-game series. So I don't think he's just going to extend before he's even traded or, or before he even plays a game here. Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting. The only thing I can think of, um, you know, is maybe he's thinking, you know, let's see, the, the Lakers aren't going to be anything for a while. You know, strong, strong contenders in the West. The Warriors are obviously pretty much look unbeatable. And if LeBron's going there now – you know, what if he goes to the Clippers? Well, now you're going to have to face him, plus the Warriors. Lakers aren't that good, and I don't know. I don't know what's going through his head. I I have a hard time, just like you, believing this extension talk. Maybe it gets done. If it does, then you're talking a whole nother trade.
because assets would have to go up. Anyone who thinks that they could trade for George without giving up, I'm probably the Nets pick, I think is out of their mind. Even if you're giving up three, I mean, for three or four years of Paul George, who's a top 10 player, superstar in this league, if you do not think you're giving up the Nets pick, or at least is on the table, I think you're out of your mind. According to reports, though, you're not giving up the Nets pick. Adam Kaufman, who sort of started this whole uh, report, said on Celtics at 7 the other day that it was something like, I forget what it was, but it, it was Crowder, a few picks, but it wasn't a Nets pick. So I don't think it, it would require a Nets pick. I think it would just require a few more picks if the extension really was in place. But on the part about George maybe not wanting to go out to L.A. because they're not, like, contending. I mean, nowhere else he really is going is contending either. And I don't know if he necessarily cares all too much about contending at this moment because he is still pretty young. And he probably wants to make money and live in a place he wants to live, like his hometown in L.A. So I don't think immediately isn't – I don't think that's necessarily a priority with him. Yeah, it's interesting. And I was also reading, I don't know if you got a chance, but Steve Olpett's posted something. Steve Olpett always interests me because I know he's very close with the organization. He's been there for years, knows exactly what's going on. And honestly, he's always the one to take a rumor that everyone gets excited about and just squash it every time it never fails. However, he posted an article today that pretty much does not squash the Paul George rumor. And he's basically said that, you know, even if the Celtics have to overpay a little bit, and, you know, just to beat out those other teams, the Celtics would still be in a better position than a lot of those teams just because of the amount of draft picks and the players they have. Um, you know, he said Pacers had a basketball ops. Kevin Pritchard, I'm sorry if I'm not saying that right, but Kevin Pritchard says he's going to be patient as he looks for the right deal. And the Celtics, even if they reach an agreement in principle with Indiana, will want to see what they can do in their free agent quest for Gordon Hayward before executing a move for George or anyone else. Again, it's like the same thing over and over. So Adam Kaufman might be on something here because that's the second article today that said pretty much word for word that now I will say cap wise, it makes way more sense to go Hayward and then George. So you could put two to two and two and two together and say, well, yeah, what do you think? I mean, of course, but, yeah, um, also, if you get Hayward and George, then, that, like, right now, the cap situation wouldn't be that bad. But if you did somehow extend George, and then you pretty much have to extend Isaiah Thomas if you're going to commit to that group, massive luxury tax bill that we have never seen anything like before. And I don't know if the owners would be willing to pay all that because, I mean, I kind of get mad when an owner doesn't want to go a little into luxury tax to win. But that's a huge amount of luxury tax to pay, and it would be kind of cutting into their profits and their revenue. So I wouldn't really blame them for not wanting to commit to that massive bill. But they could, I mean, wait, let's weigh this out. Okay, so you say revenue and stuff, but automatically, I'm sorry, but you're going to the Eastern Conference Finals. That is a lock. You are not getting beat by any other team. Yeah, that's, but like who gets an fun? automatic ticket because it's automatic tickets. Think about the money that you're making from all those jerseys. Yeah, but you, all if, those if you're going to put four, that team together three, and pay that bill, you better like win the finals. Yeah, but you know what? I will say this about Celtics fans. They are mightily patient. Drives me nuts to the default because I think they're almost too patient. And I think they just 
let Danny say, oh, well, if Danny says it's his. It yeah, that's my is. point, though. You're, you're patient, so you don't need to – they're not going to put that massive team together that costs a ton of money without any guarantee that it's going to even make it to the finals because they know Celtics fans are patient and pretty much will stick by and mm-hmm. buy tickets and sell out the stadium even without this trade. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you that, in, but I, if there are any owners that are willing to pay this luxury tax, and it would be massive, and I don't know if they would do it. Maybe, again, people say, well, what if you know they would have to commit to Thomas? Maybe. Maybe they don't want to play with Thomas. Maybe Hayward doesn't like Thomas for all we know. Maybe George hates Thomas. I have no idea. Doubt it. George said during the All-Star weekend when he was asked, who are you looking for most forward to see? He said, Isaiah, without being prompted. So... See, I don't like, know. If we got Fultz in this draft, then I would be like, okay, maybe like, maybe Thomas isn't the long-term plan and maybe they're going to trade him so they don't have to pay these guys a massive amount of money and go over the luxury tax a lot. But there seems to be no – I mean, I like Marcus Smart, but I feel like others don't, and I don't know if that's really their long-term plan at point guard. So I don't know if getting rid of IT would be their actual move if we got those two guys. Yeah, I mean – but the luxury tax is an issue, and I will give you that. Um, you know, there's no going way around it. Um, however, if there are owners that are willing to pay it, I would put my money on these this team. Yeah, if I would agree ownership, with that. Those ownership is committed 100%, has been from day one. I will give them that. They have never, ever backed. Said, nope, nope, we're all set. They've never taken the cheap route. Um, so I'm not saying, oh yeah, well, that's an old brainer. Don't worry about the luxury tax. But if I were to pick an ownership, you know, I don't even want to say outside Clippers, that would be the, like maybe the only team or the Warriors, but look, you're winning. They're, they're going to pay. If, if Danny puts together a winning team that would work, then they would do it. But I don't know yeah. if they, if he does. Yeah. I think they would be the owners to do it, but this is so massive where it's like, okay, like maybe they won't. And also, Again, it's not guaranteed to beat Cleveland, and I still I think the Warriors kick your ass with that team. Cause well, I think Cle- I'm sorry, but you would beat Cleveland. Come on, you're adding Gordon Hayward and Paul George. I mean, you're talking you about two. You say that like the best player in the world isn't on the other team. It doesn't. Yeah, but Paul George changes everything. I'm sorry, we, he does. He changes we everything. We say this. We say this, but yet LeBron is like beat Paul George every time he's ran. But we haven't got a player like Paul George since. I'll say KG, and I know they're different positions, but I'm talking that superstar status. You average 28 points against them in four games against the Cavs. You don't yeah, have I mean, that. That's 28 it, points plus defensively. It, I'm never going to put. I'm never going to put someone else as the favorite against LeBron James in the Eastern Conference Finals until LeBron actually loses. Because I thought he would be done by now too, but. He's made yes. what, like six straight well, let's Eastern be realistic. Finals. Who who has he faced? The best team he's faced was that Celtics, and they were coming to an end. I agree that uh, he hasn't man, faced good a, teams. It's been a joke. It's been a joke. He's I agree that I agree that he hasn't faced good teams, year. but he still beats everyone. Yeah, I, I I honestly think I'm I'm sorry, but I'm not saying they'd be a cakewalk by any means. It could go six or seven, but I would take that team against the Cavs any day of the week at that point. Now, if Thomas doesn't stay healthy, Thomas goes down a tick, now you're talking. But if Thomas plays like he is, which is a question mark, Gordon Hayward comes in, who is, I'm sorry, but he is underrated, and Paul George comes in, I I don't know what, what else can you do. Other but than honestly, that's not, even, that's not even the argument. 
the argument is, will they beat the Warriors, which they won't. The Warriors were laughing in their face and beat the shit out of them. Well, and then you have to deal with the Warriors, but that's well, one, that's, one step that's at a time. That's the thing. Like, then you have to deal with the Warriors, and then when you lose to them, well, that's why. Point. That's why you got to draft well. That's why you got to hope Jalen pans out. That's why you better hope Jason Tatum pays out, pans out, because that's going to be the difference. I mean, I love Warriors in two or three years. Put your depth over against them because they don't have much depth. They really don't. The Warriors are good, and they are okay. extremely good. But they got, you know, they obviously they're starting. Their starting lineup is unbeatable. Their bench, yeah, okay, not great, not not great. And they go down with an injury, then what? You know, I mean, there's a million things that could happen. I mean, and, you're you're counting on the Warriors to get an injury and lose a bench guy, and then hoping Jalen or Tatum can become this really good player. I mean, I well, like Jalen. Yeah, I like I like Jalen, but even if he's as good as I think he's going to be, that's not going to happen for a little while, and that's not going to help out against the Warriors. The Warriors yeah. are just that good; they really are. And even like their bench isn't bad. They're gonna they're probably going to keep Iguodala and Livingston now that Durant's taking less. And now they got McCaw, who's looking like he can develop into a nice rotational player. And they just drafted Jordan Bell, who should be good for a few minutes to at least just grab some rebounds. So they're not really going anywhere anytime soon. And I think they're only going to be better next year. Yeah, I mean, I also think that I think people overlook, you know, they say, oh, well, this team doesn't beat the Warriors. And no, does it? No. But this team's on a short-term planet. And that's what I like about George, if it's an extension. If not, then you're talking a whole different ballgame. But if it was an extension, you know, he's 26, 27. Hayward's the same way. They're in their he's prime. He's 27 about to be. So it, it is somewhat of a – like it's a five-year plan. That's a big – and that's about a long – that's about as long as you can realistically plan in the NBA. Realistically is five years. Because after is, that, like, teams – the players don't stay with teams as much anymore. I don't know. I mean, just in those five years, you're not the favorite. Like when we assembled the KG team – you were automatically the favorite right, right away. So right, but everyone long, knew that was going to be short-term. Everyone knew that wasn't sticking around. Yeah, I know. That's my point, though. Like, you knew you were going to, like, have a really good shot to win a title, whereas it's not the same with this team. And I don't know. I would do it, obviously, if you don't have to sacrifice future assets like Jalen Tatum or the Nets pick. But, like, if you did and if it ended up costing those guys development, then I just wouldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, you get Paul George. I mean, I'm not trying to mean, but Jalen can wait it out a little bit. Um, so you, so you can just lose to Kevin Durant and then not develop yes. your young, your youngest guy. Yes, because I'm getting Paul George on my team, and I'm going. Because everybody from there. loves second place. Yes, I'd rather have second place than fourth any day of the week. I've often said I'd rather have second place than first place. And uh, okay, so you were asking. You mentioned the trade, the uh, trade that Kaufman brought up. So I found it. It's uh, Memphis. Now, again, this is his. Doesn't mean it would be what it is. And I highly doubt that Kaufman has the trade at this point in time. I am sorry, but I'm skeptical at best. Uh, Memphis 19th pick. Lakers 19th pick. Bradley and Zeller. That's what uh, Brian Rubb of the uh, Sports Hub put out. And then he said, subbing Jay Crowder for Bradley. And... Uh, and possibly the L.A. slash Sacramento pick in place of Clippers pick. So if you did that, it'd be the Memphis pick, that L.A. slash Sacramento, you'd Crowder, Zeller for just because matching salaries, and maybe Smart, or, you know, just because. I don't know how much room you'd have. 
But I mean, yeah, I, mean I, I would do that. that trade. Yeah. If you can get Paul George on this team without giving up that Nets pick next year and Jason Tatum and Jalen, honestly, after that, I don't care. He just I better don't stay. Care. He better stay, though. But I think even then, let's, let's, just say, let's just say they did the deal, right? And he left. Now, maybe. Okay, that would be maybe, a bad trade. Well, let's say you don't give up that LA Sacramento pick, though, in that case. Let's say you say the Clippers, the Memphis, and Crowder. And uh, again, Zeller for matching salaries, and we they wouldn't get smart in that case. But you could, I don't know, you'd have to figure out the salaries. But you know that how would that kill you, Crowder? I mean, you don't need Crowder if you're getting no. That that would be bad. I think it's I don't know. I think it's kind of naive to think that LA pick or Sacramento pick wouldn't be in there. But even if it was, I'd still do it because I no, not if you not if you're losing George, not if you're losing George at all. I don't know. I do it. I'm sorry. I do it because because then you're losing a future asset just so you could have one year of Paul George where you lose to the Cavs. I think. I also think if Danny made the deal without an extension, I think he'd have a pretty good idea of that he could keep him. I I, I just do because I I think Danny's got a good look. KG didn't want to come here. Well, what took what it okay? What will it take? Take Allen. Okay, we'll go get Allen. Okay, Pierce, you don't you want to leave too? Okay, fine. We'll go get KG. Okay, well now I'm staying. Look, Danny does it. He does. Because Isaiah Thomas and Gordon Hayward are comparable to Paul Pierce and Ray Allen. Well, Paul George, again, A, he said, oh, who are you looking forward to seeing? One, Isaiah. Don't know why, but he said Isaiah. Secondly, he has said in the past that he wants to play Gordon Hayward. Again, don't know why, but he does. So if Paul George loves Isaiah and loves Hayward and you're – you know, what if he – again, this is an easy scenario. LeBron ships himself out to the West, which I think would screw himself, but go on. Go in the West. Go away. Paul George comes here. He gets a taste of it. He knows he's pretty much booking himself to the finals almost every single year, especially if LeBron leaves. And you get, to play, and you get Gordon Hayward and Isaiah Thomas and the young guys going up. And you're gonna leave for what? For the Lakers? For Alonzo Ball? Because why? So you can get your ass hand to you as the ace seed. I mean, you could say, well, yeah. Why would he come here? He's just gonna lose to the Warriors. Yeah, exactly. He's gonna lose. What do you think is gonna happen when he goes to the Lakers? So he, he could do it in sunshine in his hometown. <laughs> well, I, mean, I like what? nice weather. If that's him, then that's his losing mentality. I honestly don't think it is. Look, he said he he wants to play for a winner. So if he truly means he wants to play for a winner. Well, now if LeBron he, goes to the Lakers, that's different. That changes things. But you know, in that case, you would have to evaluate. Then, then you're screwed because he goes to the Lakers, he follows, boom, boom, there you go. But I don't see. I don't know if it's a guarantee that he goes to the Lakers. I got. I got two things. Number one, KG said that he would agree to come to Boston because we got Ray and Pierce. Not, not just because we because he liked them. I bet you he liked them, but he knew he would be a contender there. He wanted to win no matter what, and he knew that Ray Allen and Paul Pierce and him together would make him the favorite. So it wasn't just because he liked him. He knew that they would be the odds-on favorite by far to win the championship. Number two is that Paul George, he, he said way more often that he wants to be a Laker. He said that more than he wants to go to a contender. So I'm just going to take all the reports that he wants to be a Laker in faith and say that he wants to be a Laker more than anything else. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think – 
I'm sorry. I, I still think it when he comes here. I'm not saying he would. And he could easily turn around and go to the Lakers. But if he truly wants to be with the winner, then why in the world would he what? ever go to the Lakers? Now, if he wants to be at the Lakers, because that's where he's from, he likes it, the weather's great, blah, 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 that's great. Then, then he can go there. But if he truly wants to be with the winner, then he will not go to the L.A. Lakers because they are not a winner. They will not be a winner for a long term. I don't give a crap what Lonzo Ball is. They will not be a long-term thing. Magic Johnson's not going to obviously turn this around. If he doesn't get LeBron, then who's he going to get? He's screwed if he doesn't get LeBron, and I don't think he's going to be able to pull it off against Jerry West. I am sorry, yeah, but, you're, but he doesn't. You're saying that he wants to come – maybe he'd want to come to the Celtics and be a winner. Like, they would be – no, be I the think, third best team. I don't know if he wants to come to the Celtics. I think once he gets here and it's on the table, A, it'll be more money if he stays with the Celtics. B, it, once it cuts on the table, G, will you rather go to the Lakers for less money or take more money and be on the Celtics? Maybe, you know, I don't know. Money talks, okay? Money talks, and they could say all they want. They want to go to their hometown and have a nice homecoming and all that. But money talks, and so does winning. And the Lakers don't have the money compared to the Celtics. That's a fact. And they don't have the winning. That's another fact. Yeah, the Lakers don't have the money by like a million dollars. At that point, when you get traded away from your home team where you can't earn that super max, the difference between the max with the Celtics and max with the Lakers is like one or two million plus. He could be doing it in sunny weather in his hometown in L.A. where he said he's wanted to go. And plus – who knows if they're not going to be a winner? What if they make the playoffs first year with Lonzo? What if they're able to get LeBron? If, Which it's sounding like is possible. If they could get LeBron and Paul George, Paul George would for sure choose that team over the Celtics. Right, but that's what I said. If LeBron goes to the Lakers, well, now you're talking different. But if LeBron does not go to the Lakers, which I think is possible, I think the Clippers would just be as enticing between Jerry West and you know the owner there, Steve Ballmer. I don't know if LeBron wants to go to the Lakers, another legacy, historic place, automatic comparisons to everyone other, every other Laker. I don't know if he would do that. That's such Maybe a LeBron would. move. It would, it, it, would it, be, it would be such a LeBron move, I think. And I think he'd be dumb for doing it. I really do. Why, why yeah. would he ever leave Cleveland? Now you say, honestly, well, he can't beat the Warriors. Well, you think he's going to beat the Warriors when he's with L.A.? I, whether I, it's the Clippers or the Lakers? I said that he would leave Cleveland a long time ago. He would definitely leave Cleveland because in his eyes, he already got Cleveland their championship. And honestly, like Cleveland wouldn't be like crazy mad if he left after he got them their oh, first they'd championship. Be, they'd in, like, be 50- bullshit. They'd no, be they'd bullshit. Be, I don't think they'd be as mad as you think they are. They wouldn't like it, but uh, like, they wouldn't pissed. be that mad. Especially, they'd be pissed, especially if he goes to just – he better have a good reason. You know, you, you went to Miami – and that they're never going to understand that. But you went to Miami. Why? Because that Cavs team was young, and they sucked beyond him. So he left, teamed up with Wade, who was very good at the time, teamed up with Bosch, another very good player, and they made it work. And it was Miami. Yes, it was nice weather. Great. Pat Riley, the whole thing made sense. Okay, cool. But now you're going to leave what? To be an L.A. Laker and what? Lose as – even the third seed, maybe second seed, and now you're going to have to, oh, I can't beat the Warriors, so let's get closer to them? Well, no, it, it, just depends, make it depends on who he can join up with. Like, if he can join up with Paul George and another player, that's better than his Cavs team. He would definitely leave the Cavs if he had the better opportunity. 
But wouldn't it just make more sense just to push ownership to get George here? Say, look, I'll stay if you can get George here. What, at Cleveland? Yeah. Yeah, but I don't I don't think George is going to stay in Cleveland even if he's with LeBron. I don't think – like, see, it's not that I just think he's just not going to stay with the Celtics. I don't think he's going to stay with Cleveland either. He goes to Cleveland. They still lose to the Warriors. And, oh, cool. Yeah, that changed nothing. I'm going to go to I L.A. Mean, yeah, I mean, the whole idea was that – I think the whole idea for Cleveland would be to get him and try to encourage him to stay with LeBron – which he would be smart to do, by the way. I'm sorry, but he would. I mean, he wouldn't be because they'd still lose to the Warriors. I mean, if he wants to go to L.A., I certainly won't fault him. I'd rather go. I mean, give me, yeah. like I said, give me a trip to the finals any day of the week. I mean, he's been with the Indiana Pacers who have been LeBron's, you know, he's every time they get to LeBron, they get wiped out just like any other team has. And why would you go to the, why would you go to the West? Never mind the Warriors. You got the Spurs, you got the Rockets, you got Memphis, you got all these teams. Why the East itself is so much easier. The joke. The East is a joke except the Celtics. And I think we over exaggerate sometimes how bad some guys want to like contend for a title. Obviously LeBron is obsessed with it. But like if you're gonna lose to the Warriors, I think it doesn't really matter if you lose in the playoffs versus losing in the finals. Like obviously it's gonna count towards LeBron's legacy because He's in, like, GOAT consideration. But for players like George, who are several tiers below in, like, all-time legacy talk, if he's not going to win a title with the Cavs, then why would he stay when he could go to his hometown team with the Lakers? Like, it just doesn't make that much sense. Losing in the finals isn't that appealing because even if they do get George, they would lose in the finals. That's a fact because they would have to give up either love or something else that's big. That No, they would have to give up love to get George. So. They'd they would give up not beat They'd the Warriors. Channing Fry. They'd have to give up Iman Shumper. They'd have, their bench. Their bench sucks as it is. I think we could all agree on that. And you give up those two key players, which really made a difference this year. Yeah, I, I don't understand why Cleveland would be all about it. I mean, it says here for Mark Stein, um, sources say the Cavs won't abandon their trade pursuit with George, believing that acquire the twenty-seven-year-old and George is potentially winning a championship next season along LeBron is one scenario that could convince um, could convince him to abandon the well-chronicled desire to join Lakers. So, again, the Cavs are, like, banking on that he would stay, which I think is a mistake. You know, as long as, you know, going back to the Celtics, as long as Danny makes a trade that is not uh, – Danny will not overpay. I am sorry he will not overpay. I guarantee you that. If anything – he will stupidly underpay, and he will just not be able to pull the trigger like usual. I'm sorry, and that is Danny's fault. That is one of Danny's faults. He is, holds no, his assets. He holds his assets to almost a fault. Now, sometimes it's worth. I didn't mind not trading for anything in the in the trading deadline. Yeah, I would have liked PJ Tucker, or, you know, one of those guys, because it would have made it a little more exciting. But you know, it wouldn't have made a difference, as we saw with Toronto. They got P.J. Tucker and Serge Ibaka, and it didn't make a damn difference. So that's fine. Like, trading deadline, trading second-rounders, like, I don't care about that. But, like, I feel there's a lot of times where Danny does not pull the trigger. I really – I hate that criticism of Danny Ainge. I think it's completely off-base. The only thing I hold against Danny Ainge is sometimes his scouting and player evaluation at the draft. But the, the whole narrative that, oh, Danny couldn't pull the trigger again, I think that's absolutely ludicrous because – Every time there's a trade mentioned, rumor that the Celtics are involved anyways, and it's not like Danny just didn't want to do it. 
it's that Danny was smart enough to realize that giving up what he would have had to for that guy wasn't a good move for the franchise. If it's a guy like Butler where, oh, you have to give up your pick this year in a young player to get Jimmy Butler, then okay. Like, I don't care if he, I don't care that he didn't do that because you're not winning with Jimmy Butler and you're not giving up your young guys who can build for the future to do that. So I really disagree with the narrative that Danny Ainge can never pull the trigger. I think he's just too smart to do trades that impact the future of the franchise. Right. And well, I mean, I think there's been some trades, I'm sure. I mean, it's hard to know to go back because we're not in the conversations. I mean, what's reported is what's reported, but it is hard in fairness to everyone that, you know, what we don't know the true trades. A lot of crap thrown out this time of year. They did this, they offered this, they rejected this, and people don't know. Now, we love the rumors and we follow them and we'll continue to follow them, but people truly don't know. And that's why I did laugh a little bit when people said, oh, my God, Danny's going to trade for rental and he's going to overpay. And it's like, whoa, whoa, when has Danny ever overpaid for – now some people say, well, he overpaid for the third pick. Well, yeah, okay, you could agree with that. But for a player – for like an established player, when is he ever? He doesn't make many trades for established players. The last one was like, I guess Isaiah would be probably the last notable one. And he wasn't really established. It was really like no. KG. Right. Yeah. If you want to go that established, yeah. But I mean, look. I mean, you know, the wor- the quote worst trade was, of was uh, Perkins, and. Yeah, could he have cost him a championship? Yes. Yes. But, you know, and that's going to always be on Ainge, and he's going to have to live with that. But we'll, you know, I don't, I'm not worried about getting Paul George here and having to overpay, whether it's an extension or not. If if we don't overpay and he doesn't extend and he leaves, well, then who cares? It was a, it was a one-year experiment. You took the risk that he maybe stay. He didn't, and as you thought, he would jump to the Lakers, but he didn't really give up much, so whatever. So it's a wash. You know, it, yeah, if you start overpaying with assets and you go, oh, damn. You know, especially the pick assets. Honestly, the players here, I don't really care in terms of if it's not Jalen and if it's not Tatum, I really, and even smart to a degree. Outside of that, Bradley, Crowder, like if you had to give up one of them to get one year of Paul George, I would do it because I'm not signing Bradley long term and Crowder, as you know, I'm not in love with, especially now that we have Tatum. And Jalen, I really think Crowder's time is coming to an end. Yeah, but you, Either you, way. Don't, you don't just throw Smart and Bradley away for a rental. You well, don't I, keep that no, rental. not Smart and Bradley. No, 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 not Smart and Bradley. Yeah, but either either one of them. You don't just throw either one of them away for a rental because if you don't if you don't keep Paul George, then you could keep Marcus Smart or Avery Bradley, which still makes you a good team. Well, I view Bradley as a rental because I'm not signing. I personally would not sign him long term. I know you would. Because you're but, naive. <laughs> no, I just think I think we are all talking about well, how would this player fit in the salary cap and stuff? And I'm not committing to Avery Bradley long term. Now, baby, if he stays healthy all year and he does his thing and he keeps improving, and you know what, come free agency next year, you go, you know what, that worked out pretty good again with especially with Hayward and all that. Fine, fine, keep him. But as of now, no, I am not over. I'm not extending Bradley in planning for Bradley. If it works out, great. If it doesn't, I don't really care. I mean, he's like a top five perimeter defender who can also score, be like a third scoring option, which he would be with Isaiah and Hayward. So you'd you'd be paying only around like $20 million a year to keep that versus like a max player who would be like $30 million. So 
it's really not the worst option. It's not the worst option, but I'd rather keep all my options open. And by signing Bradley, you are not. Yeah, I mean, si- when you sign Bradley next year, it's after you find out whether Paul George is going to be on the team. So, right. And if that happens, good. then then Bradley's gone. If Bradley stays, then that's why I would trade Bradley because, honestly, I, let's say you trade Bradley to the Pacers. I don't know if the Pacers would – yeah, they'd sign him. Okay. Would you be really he, concerned with Avery Bradley being on the Pacers? No, but he has like zero. He has zero value in like a trade right now because he's an expiring contract that you can't like. Right, that's what I'm saying. On. So if you can really trade him, in a few picks that are not the Nets pick or that clip that Lakers pick, you, I would do it for George. Yeah, but only even if, if it's George is staying, even if it is a rental, I would do it. I don't know. I just I value. Avery Bradley more you can't than overvalue do. your assets. You can't overvalue Bradley. You can't overvalue all the picks. No, see, like you can mm-hmm. if if Paul George is going away in a year, then you can because Avery Bradley is a really good player. That I don't know why people are so hesitant to not sign him long term. Well, you can always sign him as free agency next year if you wanted him. But back. you don't have his bird rights, so you really wouldn't be able to. Well, then he's not that valuable. I mean, I don't. Well, that's just, that's wrong. He is valuable because he's a top five perimeter defender and he can score pretty damn well too. It's okay. He's inconsistent for scoring. He's hurt a ton. I'm sorry, but he is hurt a ton, and yeah, that's a risk. Does. I'm not. I don't like committing to guys that are. That's why I wouldn't commit to Thomas right out of the gate. I want to see what he he is. I mean, Avery Bradley does what you ask him to do and more. No one's asking him to be a 20 point scorer. I mean, if you are, that's just crazy. He he provides what he's asked to do, and he does an exceptional job at guarding guards. And you're really gonna miss out on that right away. And I think people will see the effect. If Avery well, Bradley I mean, does leave. I don't know. It would depend on, you know, how are how are all the draft picks going? You know, Kadeem Allen was, you know, is supposed to be a good perimeter defender. Will he be? I don't know. That's what he's supposed to be. You know, who who can step in? Can Rogier improve defensively? I don't know. No. Is every no. is anyone Bradley's level? No. But you can't keep Bradley until he's thirty eight because he has great defensive peri- perimeter. Yeah, but defense. he's fucking. He's twenty six. He's not old. Like. <laughs> He's like at the end of his deal, he would be like thirty-one. So it's not like he's old. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't overextend myself, Bradley. I like him a lot, and he does get better every year. But I'm not. I don't see the need to commit to Bradley now. There's no need to commit to Bradley now. Well, no, not right now. But and I'm not saying no. I'm not getting Paul George because Avery Bradley. That's I'd rather give up Avery Bradley than Marcus Smart, and I don't like Smart at all. Just because Smart's young, and I think he's got more tra- – he may have tra- more trade value. He definitely does. No, yeah, Smart has more trade value. So I think if you can get Paul George without giving up Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, the Nets pick, and the Lakers slash Sacramento slash Philly pick, I don't I don't see how you can't do it. I, I, I just don't – even if for a rental, I, I, you take that risk. Well, that's the thing. You're going to have to give up that Lakers pick. I mean, yeah, and I'd rather give up, you know, and that's okay. And I would be okay with that. I mean, you know, people Not if say, it's a rental. It's funny because people go, oh, you don't want to overvalue your assets. You don't want to undervalue your assets either. And, you know, if we had Paul George on this team and people – and, you know, it was reverse, we'd say we'd at least, we don't want Avery Bradley because he is a rental. We don't want a rental for rental. We'd they'd probably rather have Crowder, which is fine with me. And it's like, why are you, you know, you gotta, you gotta get something to, you gotta give something, to get something. You can't just sit there 
and say, no, I'll just keep all my assets and I'll give you these two crap Clippers in the Memphis pick, which are not that good. They're protected and they're not that good. They're really pretty much not great assets. They're, they're assets. They're not great assets. They're not Paul George level assets, even for a rental. I mean, what would you want for Thomas? Let's if I mean, I would have taken a lottery pick this year for Thomas. Yeah. And if they, if, if someone said, oh, you'll get two first rounds in 2019, would you be okay with that and no players back? I mean, but George just said he wants to leave, so there's a difference. It's not like Isaiah is saying he wants to leave. Well, Thomas certainly isn't. He hasn't – Thomas certainly isn't committing. He wouldn't I mean, but we, we, can, we can make sure we keep him. They can't do that with George, which is why – they his value is so low. Like it's it's not a comparable situation between well, I also him think, and Thomas. I think it's crazy that people like are that yes, does George have a cl- no trade clause? No. But does George have a say of where he's going? Yes. And if he says absolutely no way, I am going to the Lakers, I don't give a crap what team you put together, I am going there no matter what, then they're just gonna say, All right, forget it. I'm done then. That's well it. here's the thing. He has But a if slight- he goes, Well, I don't know, now you guys have going Hayward I don't know what else can you do for me. Can you do something else? Can you trade for this player? Can you do that? And if his demands are ridiculous, well then no. But you know, if if we can do it, then okay. Can you give me this? Can you extend me? Can you give me a two-year extension, but a one-year out? You know, what's the? You can negotiate with them a little bit before you even pull the trigger on a trade. Well, here's the thing. He has like he is a say as far as saying he would extend in a certain place, but besides that, he doesn't. And I don't think Paul George is saying to anyone that he'd extend in a certain place. I think. That re- those reports are kind of – it's not that accurate. So I don't think he really has much of a say in where he goes besides potentially saying that he would extend with a certain team, which I don't think he would do. See, I, I disagree. I, I think he – I think under the right scenario he would extend, and guess what? It would have to be his scenario. What that is, we don't know. But I think people think, oh, he'll trade for Paul George and then he'll talk to him. No. Danny's going to be damn sure if he gives up a lot for – Paul George, then that signals to me he better be damn sure that he's staying. See, players and, players don't really like they don't do the extend early thing anymore, especially right. the top players. And he could say, No, I'm not I'm not committing. I will I refuse to commit. I'm not saying I'm going to the Lakers, but I refuse to commit to any other to any franchise. Then okay, then then you then you know the deal. You know he's a rental. He could very well is gonna be a rental and the Fine, Pacers, this is what you're getting. He's not committing to us. If you can get him to commit, we'll give you more. And that's how, yeah. go- and that's how it works. And if – look, I think the Lakers are making a big mistake by not trading him now because they are don't have the Lakers mentality to fall back on. And if he had utterly said – and I know he wants to go to the Lakers, but if he had said, I'm going to the Lakers, that is how it's going to be, I am not going to any other team. I don't care what you put together. Get me to the Lakers. Then why the hell would the Lakers pretty much offer pretty much all they could? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't think the Lakers have to make a move because they could just get him in free agency anyways. But I, I think we should probably move on to, like, the next draft. Pick. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's going to be interesting. We That's certainly a rumor to keep track of. I am glad the Jimmy Butler rumors are out of the way. Don't have to talk about any of that. Porzingis rumors, I almost guarantee you that's coming back up. That is not going away either. Um, it was kind of funny how it just dissipated. And everyone's like, oh, guess he's not moving. No, I, I still think there's a chance. You never know with Phil. He's a crazy, crazy old guy. Yeah. He, could just, he could just say, you know what? I'm trading him. 
But uh, let's hit on some key dates real quick um, for the Celtics. There's some guarantees here. Um, you know, let's Kelly, talk about the other draft picks too. Like, yeah, the, yeah. You, why don't you go into that? Because you know more about the draft picks. Um, you know, second round. I know you had made a comparison. Um, you know, to a Golden State player, and um, you know, from all for all people that he was a good draft pick. So we will we'll see. But uh, what are your thoughts on him? So here's the thing. I think Ojale and Ojale was projected to go like 22nd in some places and he was a big time steal he was at duke for like his first three years and then he transferred to smu for his last one and he dominated he won like american american athletic conference player of the year he won mvp for that tournament he took them to the ncaa tournament and he's just like he's a physical freak he's six seven he's like probably 230 something he's jacked he has a really nice shot for how strong he is and then he also can attack the rim and defend multiple positions. And I sort of compared him to Draymond a little bit because they're both 6'7", sort of undersized and in between positions out of college. And Draymond was picked 35th, whereas Ojale was picked 37th. And I'm not saying he's going to be like defensive player of the year candidate or like as good as Draymond is now. But I think he could definitely be a big time steal this late in the draft. I mean, the other two picks, they were kind of, they were later, so I'm not going to go ahead and call them like big time steals. But I think Ojale was a huge steal, and hopefully he can utilize those new two-way G League contracts and sort of bide his time between Maine and Boston and see if he can somehow fit into this roster. Yeah, I like the fact, you know, that Danny went for the college players this year just because then they can play in the G League that is now called was the D League. Um, you know, instead of playing overseas, the, the G League slash D League seems to be getting a little better each and every year. Because I think this is starting to become a thing because one and den one and duns are more popular and you know, freshmen slash sophomores are still young. And I think a lot more teams um, you know, looking to be patient and actually develop these guys, which is something the NBA desperately, desperately needs. Every other sport has it except football, although football's a lot different because it's a bigger roster. But every other sport has a developmental league. Uh, baseball has like seven hundred of them. You know, so it just makes more sense to get these guys over here and get them to play against each other and get better. So it just makes the league better long-term. Yeah, I think the G League is a really good idea, and we've already seen some players come from the G League to start contributing and being good players on NBA teams. Like, I think Jeremy Lin was at a time. I think Danny Green on the Spurs, he was a big D League guy, and then he went to the Spurs, and he was starting for a championship team. So – Getting developing young guys so they can someday contribute in the NBA is a really good idea. And these new two-way contracts where you can have 17 players on your NBA roster now, but two of them can switch between D-League and NBA, I think that's a really good idea that will help more guys be able to develop in D-League when they're not getting minutes in the NBA. And I believe the pay reflects it. I know with the hot, in NHL for a fact that the player signs a two-way deal you know, it's they basically have two salaries. One when they're in the AHL, which is the minor league uh, league for hockey, and one in the NHL. Um, you know, and that helps with cap space too, because you know you're like, okay, well, you know, you can get guys to sign. To, you can get solid, really solid players play for you in the minors because they know they could be called up and make more money. So it's look having a developmental league beyond college is just a no brainer in any sport. I don't understand why it took this long. Yeah. Um, but let's do you want to move on uh, to some key dates 
as we yeah. wrap up here. Uh, June 30th. This should be a no-brainer, um, and I know you won't be uh, heartbroken over it. Uh, Kelly Olenek. Um, Goodbye. Yep, they have – they can offer them, you know, essentially like a small deal, basically make him a restricted free agent, qualifying offer, tendering, whatever you want to call it. Um, and he's eligible for that. And, my, and I'd be sh- absolutely shocked if they offer this to Kelly Olenek because this would absolutely screw them with Max contract. So if they, if they pick it up, I am no – I'd be really disappointed because, again, that would really screw them over. Um, so nah, he's – He's going to be gone. No, nope. yeah. but that is June 30th, so something to keep your eye out in the next five days or so. Um, another one is, um, again, minor, um, July 15th, Jack, Demetrius Jackson out of Notre Dame. His salary becomes fully guaranteed. Again, hate to He's give only making like a million. Hate to give these young players up, but I honestly think you have to do it. I think you may have to renounce them. Um, again, just to get – Get to I don't that think cap you do. Space. Um, he only makes like a million dollars. Yeah, I don't even know if it's that. So maybe you keep him. Um, you know, obviously, if you could keep a young player like that and get a max guy, you know, that's a no-brainer. Um, this is the big one. I, I think this is the big date that's going to tell all. Uh, not tell all, but, you know, give a real sense of direction. Uh, Tyler Zeller's salary becomes fully guaranteed after July 2nd. Salary is $8 million. You're automatically going to say, well, no way in hell am I paying Tyler Zeller $8 million. But Tyler Zeller's salary could be a very valuable trade chip because it's not guaranteed for now. So that means you trade him, you match the salary, and the other team says, bye-bye, Tyler, Tyler Zeller. Thanks for the matching salary. And there's $8 million on off the books for them. So it's a great trade chip. But July 2nd, that's, that's July 1st is free agency. July 2nd, Tyler Zeller. And a lot of free agent moves, you know, the big ones in the trades don't happen till July 4th, July 5th, July 6th. So this is going to be an interesting one. I know, you know, it seems the plan is to go get Hayward and then try to trade for George. But if, I don't know, I it's going to be tough if Hayward's not signed within like 24 hours. Now you're really, you'd have to give them some serious roster players to match salary to get George here. So... So uh, apparently you can, like, Zeller and the Celtics can mutually agree to push back the date to do that. I mean, hopefully they could do that. I don't know what benefit Zeller has by doing that because if the Celtics aren't going to keep him, he could try to hit free agency and see what he can get from other teams. But apparently they can mutually agree to push back the date. So I don't know how that affects things, but hopefully it would make it so that the Celtics could use that time in – use it to try to sign Hayward and figure out what they can do to get George. Yeah, I mean, I don't see the benefit of him pushing it out. However, I, I do see this is the one benefit that I see. You know, all the big free agents sign early. Zeller is not a big free agent by any means. He's an end-of-the-bench player. So maybe he says, okay, yeah, sure, I'll agree to extend X amount of days knowing that they'll let all the big free agents off the table and then he'll become – a free agent after the Pacers release him, or maybe the Celtics just say, forget it, we're cutting you. And then he can, you know, he may have some teams more interested in him versus date because he's not going to sign any time before mid-July at the earliest. So there's really no reason to say, oh, oh I got I to gotta make sure I'm a free agent by July 2nd or otherwise I'm going to miss my big contract. Like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. So, um you know, I think, you know, his agent can still explore teams for him and 
see where it goes. I don't. I I I think Tyler Zeller would be uh, would have no problem pushing that. That would be ideal because otherwise, like I said, you're really up against it. It's like you have a 24 hour clock to sign Hayward, and that's not happening. He's gonna visit Miami. He's gonna probably visit the Jazz. I know that sounds silly, but they usually visit their still their team. Uh, you know, he's going to visit Boston. He may visit, you know, whether it's Houston or somewhere else, you know, he's going to be, he's the top, he's a top free agent out there. Let's face it. I mean, Curry's not really a free agent and Durant's not realistically a free agent. So Hayward's the guy that's a top free agent and he's going to look, these guys love being courted and you can't blame him. And he's going to take every opportunity to explore every city and see what he can, you know, the money's going to be the money. And that's, that's the best thing about the NBA. The money's the money. So it's just which places he truly like better. And we'll see. I mean, I would hope that he would like Boston over Miami just because of the connection with Brad, just because of the, you know, they're clo- they are closer to winning. They're a better winning team now. I would think he would want to be with Boston over Miami. But who knows? We've seen Pat Riley pull it off. I would not put anything past him. Yeah, I mean, I would take Miami weather over Boston all day. And if you're not beating the Warriors or probably the Cavs and who cares yeah I mean I don't know I don't think the weather honestly has much to do with it because you know I, I think back back when back in the day you know these guys have transportation 24-7 at their fingertips they could take weekend trips to California if they want I mean I just don't see how the weather has that much of a but factor and during the home, season you're traveling anyways they're so, home for half the season though so like it does make somewhat have like somewhat of a factor. It makes a factor, but I think a lot of people put way, way too much in the stupid yeah, I mean, ass weather. I'm not saying he's going to sign in Miami because of the weather, but if he's not like if he's just going to be in the Eastern Conference playoffs, like who like who cares if you make it to the conference finals with the Celtics if you're just going to lose to the Cavs anyway? because yeah, if you just I mean, get Hayward, agree with. if you just get Hayward and you don't get George, then you're probably not beating the Cavs. So you might as well lose in nice weather. Right, but I, I would mean, love to sit by the beach in Miami. I after mean, you getting could say, well, the why would, why would, uh, you know, Al Horford leave to come here over Atlanta? Atlanta's a nice well, city weather-wise. The fans suck, but the weather's nice. Atlanta's not that nice, though. I mean, it's like it's, it's warm, hot. but it's hot as fuck, and it's not like a beach place. So, in Atlanta's just a terrible franchise. Yeah. So it did make yeah. sense. But you know, I mean, I don't think the weather has any everything to do with it. Sure, is it a factor? I honestly think more the factor would be like the lifestyle. The nightclubs, the, yeah. all that. The weather, not so much. Um, but again, these guys, look, we see them all over the place all year long. I just don't think it's as big of a difference. And it's not like Gordon Hayward's going to have to trudge through the snow and make sure he cleans his car off every day. I mean, come on. I mean, he gets transportation wherever he goes. He's going to be barely going to p- put his feet on the ground except in the garden. So I, I don't know. I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't think. It's I don't like think a main, the weather has anything to do with it much. I don't it, think. Honestly, main, I don't think it's it, a main factor. But it, it's not like it's completely like out of the. It's like it's not like it's completely out of the question as a factor. I mean, he yeah. is. He is from Indiana, or yeah, I think he's from Indiana, and he's very pale. So I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want to go to Miami, but I don't think it's like not a factor. I mean, to me, the biggest thing with Miami would be the the tax. That would be the biggest thing, as we've seen that. I mean, you know, that's the biggest thing. You make more money in Miami than you would in Boston yeah, because at, of the tax. At the end of the day, it really doesn't add up to that much. But, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, it, no. is, it is a little bit of a bonus. Right, and I, I, I think that would be more of a factor. Um, but, look, it's going to be interesting. 
you know, all reports indicate, um, you know, July 1st is going to be the day, day one. And that's going to be, it's going to be Hayward mania until he signed, just like it was Horford. Um, You know, I think Gordon Hayward would have a massive impact on this team. And when you compare it to uh, Al Horford, Horford was, you know, as, as expected, some would argue not as good, but you know, if you watched, he wasn't as expected. Gordon Hayward's going to come here if he comes here. And he's going to be a 20-plus point scorer a night, like think, right away. I think Horford is going to end up being more of an impact than Hayward was. I mean, this might sound crazy to some people, but you're adding Hayward to what is already like a Eastern Conference team. So obviously, like, if he took them – if he somehow made them beat the Cavs, and yeah, he would look like – you brought over Horford. You hadn't even won in the first round yet. And you add a, a guy who's a winner like Horford, whose passing really helped open up the floor for the whole team, including Isaiah being able to score, whose scoring allowed the team to be able to open up the floor more. So I don't know. I think Horford, with all of that and his defense, was a huge improvement and improved the Celtics a lot. So I don't know. I think Horford will probably end up being the bigger improvement for the Celtics. Yeah, I guess when I say impact, I mean, when you look at the score sheet every night, you're going to see you're going to see Gordon Hayward put up 20, 25, 30 a night. That's just what it's going to be. I mean, yeah. he, he's a volume scorer. He great his own shot. He's bigger than I thought. He's six eight. He's not, you know, um, defensively. I don't know if he's all that, but you know, I I I think he is the perfect player for this team right now. I think he just fit in. He's big. He could play. He's not gonna play power forward, but he's, you know, in small ball lineups. He's definitely versatile. Create his own shot, which is what they desperately need. They do not have a shot creator outside of Isaiah. A consistent guy who can get come in every night and give it all. I think he'd be perfect. I really do. Yeah, he, he would be a really good fit. And, um, you know, it's free agency. So other than money, you're not giving up anything. Um, and that's why free agency is so damn important because you can't just trade your way to the championship. Yes, I know the Celtics did. But that was a very special circumstance that they were able to pull that off at that time that would, probably would not happen ever again. I think this wraps up another awesome episode of Celtics Direct All About 18. Make sure you guys check out CelticsDirect.com. Follow us on Twitter, at Celtics Direct. This podcast can be found on SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, once it is uploaded, we will let you know. Please subscribe to iTunes. Review it. You know, Giving us reviews will certainly put us up in the charts. Love to beat those other Celtics uh, podcasts as well as any other sports podcasts. And... Um, also, check out our merchandise. We have some coming, I believe, uh, soon. We have the What Time Is It, of course, with Isaiah pointing to his invisible watch. Those are a big hit. He wore it on Sports Center. So make sure you check all that out, and we will see you next time.